Being a Better Man, episode 137. All right, guys, welcome to Wednesday. Welcome to Storytime with Alf. Storytime is where I tell a true story from my strange and interesting life. The purpose of the story is not just to entertain you, but also to share with you the lesson or lessons I learned from that story. They might even cause you to reevaluate parts of your life and help you get lessons that you never knew were there. With that being said, just sit back, relax, and enjoy the story. My family were always farmers, people of the land. When they immigrated to America from Norway around the turn of the century, they settled around Glendive, Montana and started a cattle ranch. It was called the Herigstad Red Angus Ranch. Decades went by, and eventually my father was born. My dad's family moved around a lot, but they always had some connection with farming and agriculture. When my dad started his own family, we eventually settled on our own little farm in 1969, and for a seven-year-old boy like myself, it was a paradise. We had cows and chickens and pigs, and we had a big garden and about a quarter acre of potatoes, and my mother would can vegetables that would last us through the winter. And we had several fruit trees as well, apples, pears, plums, and we even had grapes. In keeping with my family's tradition, after I got out of the army in 1985, I had my own animals. I raised pigs and chickens and turkeys and rabbits. And then one day around 1993, I got a big idea. I pitched this idea to my dad. I wanted him to be my partner because I trusted him as a man, and I trusted his knowledge and common sense. My idea was to start an ostrich farm. At the time, ostrich were a pretty big deal. You could produce more meat on less land in less time than you could with cattle, and the meat was delicious and lean and red, kind of like deer without the gaminess. So I made a persuasive argument, and he agreed. The Herigstead Ostrich Ranch was born. The acronym was THOR, T-H-O-R, which I found interesting, being Norwegian and all. But it was a tough start. We started with three huge eggs that we paid a fortune for, and we had to buy lots of specialized equipment as well, like incubators and dehumidifiers and I had to build new barns and fences specifically designed for these prehistoric birds. Of those original three eggs, only one hatched, but it hatched with problems and ultimately did not survive. So then we went ahead and bought some young animals, and they would become our breeding stock. Time went on, and we were learning as we went. I had learned everything about these flightless giants that I could, and finally our first eggs started hatching. Everything was going pretty well, and it was just fun having these unusual beasts on our property. And it was rewarding working on it with my dad. Now, the male ostrich can weigh about 400 pounds, and they are not friendly at all. During the breeding season, they had one job, and that was to kill anything that entered their enclosure, including us. We had to gather the eggs daily in order to incubate them. 
because our climate was too humid for them to hatch properly. And being from Africa, they were evolved for much drier climate. So my dad would give them food down at one end of their 125-foot pen. When they were distracted, I would open the gate and dash in to get the egg at the other end. Hopefully before the male spotted me and got to me first. They can see almost 360 degrees. And they can hit 35 miles an hour in three strides, topping out around 45 miles an hour. So it was always a close call, every time. As soon as I would open the gate, his head would pop up. Then he would wheel around and start sprinting toward the egg. Meanwhile, I had to ignore the fact that he was coming and just concentrate on the egg. I had to get to it, pick it up, and escape back through the gate before he got to me, without dropping the egg, which I might add, weighed about three pounds. Every time I closed the gate behind me, he was right there, hissing and ramming the fence and kicking, but he never did get me. As time went on, we made a lot of mistakes, but we learned from them and kept improving every aspect of the operation. We became efficient at slaughtering and processing, and we found a market for the hides, and we sold eggshells and feathers too. My dad had a booth at the local farmer's market, and we also sold meat directly to several local restaurants. Schools would take field trips and bring the kids to our farm to see the living dinosaurs. The ostrich were unlike any animal we had ever dealt with before. You never really got to know them individually. They were still technically wild animals rather than domestic. Their brains are larger than their eyeballs, so they aren't very smart. Everything they did, they did by instinct. There was no reasoning, no thought, and no true emotion. Everything they did was a reaction to something else. They made a cow or sheep look pretty intelligent by comparison. And this was illustrated to me in a dramatic way one day. We had a young male about 300 pounds in one pen, and apparently he saw something in the adjoining pen that he wanted to peck at. There was a gate there, and where the gate was hinged, it created a gap between the gate frame and the post. Well, he put his head down below the gate and then raised it up so that his long neck was in the gap and he could reach whatever it was he saw. The problem came when he tried to leave. He backed up, but his head, which is larger than his neck, would not fit through the gap. All he had to do was lower his head and neck out of the gap and go on about his business. But being an ostrich... He was just stuck instead. When I arrived that day, it took me a minute to figure out what had happened. What I saw was an ostrich head on one side of the gate, then a very large puddle of blood, and a few feet from that lay his headless body. When he thought he was stuck, he panicked and began pulling and pulling until he actually pulled off his own head. It impressed me on one level, because I don't know of any other animal that would be capable of doing that. On another level, it really drove home the fact that we were dealing with an animal who was very basic intellectually. I never looked at them quite the same way again after that. 
Well, that's the end of today's story. If you enjoyed it, let me know because I have a ton of ostrich stories. Our ostrich farm spanned a length of about 14 years. And during that time, I learned many, many lessons. So many, I hardly know where to start. But one lesson that always sticks with me when I think about the ostrich is that the whole thing, all the adventures we had, all of the crazy times and hard work and all of the hours my dad and I spent together because of it, it all started with an idea. It was just a notion in my head, an electrical impulse in my brain. It had no mass or form. But from that, because of translating that idea into actions, it became something solid and real in the world. How many ideas do we have in the course of a lifetime? How many of those ideas do we never act on? We just let them float away because of fear or apprehension or something else. I think the lesson of this story is for all of us to pay attention to our ideas. Every great thing that has ever happened on earth started with somebody having an idea. The lesson of this story is to take action. Even if your idea doesn't pan out, it could lead to other ideas and teach you things you would not have known otherwise. One idea can change a life and provide you with memories you will treasure until you die. Now head out into the world and regard all of your ideas as something valuable. Don't let them just float away without consideration and do not let fear of any kind prevent you from acting on them. Taking action is an important step down the path of being a better man today than you were yesterday. Until next time, this is Alf Herigstad signing out.